This episode for the Forest Fancast, supported by Boot Bags, unique and modern shoe bags, fashionable, durable, washable, online, bootbags.us. Good-looking pass and click, and he's in here. Pablo Hernandez! And there is the breakthrough for Leeds United. Just short of an hour, Nottingham Forest have resisted, but the pressure became too much. Give the ball away cheaply, and look at this for a delightful pass from Mateusz Klik. Perfect weight, Hernandez onside, and once he got into the clear, you really didn't doubt the Spaniard. Nottingham Forest corner, it's into a dangerous area, and it's in! Lewis Graven, and then got the final touch, and Nottingham Forest, wholly against the run of play, are level at Ellen Road. Very scary. and you're listening to Forest Fancast in North America. It's the Forest Fancast. It is episode four. I've got Jordan Mark here, and we do off the top want to say thanks to our sponsor of the Fancast, Boot Bag. Not only does it hold your cleats, it also holds about eight beers. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, I believe it. My daughter debuted her bag tonight with her new team here in Texas, and she was strutting her stuff, carrying her bag across the field, looking proper bow. Looked awesome, and uh, yeah, got a lot of nice comments about it. So if you haven't got yourself a boot bag yet, get on it. Gray colors, the red and black is our choice, right? The red and black is oh, the yeah. only way to go. Hands down. Uh, this is episode four, and the name of the episode is what, Mark? You came up with it. Oh, uh, Fleetwood Whacked. Fleetwood Whacked. We're going to go over a lot of, of the matches that we've had to this point in the season. But first, we want to go over the competitive prediction table that NFFC NA put out. And somebody is at the top of the list of being the most accurate, and that would be me. I think it's organized by age. <laughs> so anyways yeah i nailed i nailed the lead score and then i uh didn't do too well in the first one i don't think any of us did well with west brom well there's one brave soul ken who predicted a west brom win and everybody knows that ken isn't liked by very many people so i'm just ken sounds a lot like kev Super, super Kev, super, super Kev, super, super Kev, super Kevin Campbell. That's right. That guy's awesome. We'll preview him. Uh, he's one of the latest players that we just picked up. Uh, 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 wait, no, he's already been on there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I knew the answer there. Kevin Campbell liked a few tweets on Twitter over the past week since the last episode. So we're raising Corey's knowledge of Kevin Campbell second by second, day by day. So can't wait for episode 42 when the... Kevin Campbell autobiography has been released by uh, by Corey. So honestly, we're going to tag Kevin Campbell in every one of our future podcasts. <laughs> and eventually he'll be like, I'm coming on. And then I will yeah. interview him with yeah. questions that may or may not be appropriate. 
Pinto. <laughs> he is our, he's officially our new podcast, Spirit Animal. Uh, we've got three fixtures in the books. After the first match, Mark suggested that we record a recap and a reaction uh, for West Brom. So here is Mark's. Well, bugger. Forest going down 2-1. Opening game of the season at the City Ground versus the Baggies West Brom. And it all looked so good to begin with. The City Ground was packed and rocking. Mullican tire sounded amazing. And Cashy lit the place up early doors with a wonderful strike giving Forest that early lead. But Murich, who had an absolute maring goal on his debut at the City Ground. Oh, monster mistakes letting West Brom back into the game giving them that 2-1 lead which they howled on to there's some optimism to be had the boys look good when they look good but oh, that is just devastating to lose that opening day game anyway onwards and upwards alright and then here's mine oh f- I can't take this sh- oh my god this is only game one I can't f- do it and uh Jordan didn't turn in his homework so we got nothing from Jordan I've done my leads homework, lads. <laughs> you can tell who's doing all the heavy lifting on this podcast, can't you, Corey? <laughs> anyway, so it seems like uh, that Baggies match was so long ago, so we're going to get into that. We have the Leeds and Fleetwood matches to look at as well. Uh, we've got a lot of social media questions that were uh, given to us by some fans. Also, I don't know if you guys knew this, but we have a lot of damn players on the squad right now. So we'll go through the roster, and uh, we also uh, have a five-star rating. Hello? Yes, I've got a five-star review for the Forest Fancast. You have? Thank you. We got one! Our first five-star rating on the books was Dan from New York. His comment was, great to have a voice for Forest fans in the United States. A good mix of some serious Forest conversation without being too serious. That kind of sums us up, I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, feel, I think it's being a little too fair. Yeah, yeah if people cool. took it seriously, I don't think it would be a great lesson. <laughs> that's funny. And these are five-star ratings, right? We didn't get any yeah. other ones. These are only five-star ratings. So uh, the the title of this one is Enjoying It Greatly, and it's from KGen in 3 and this is on Apple Podcasts. Keep it up. Would be great if you guys could continue to get guest segments and such. Enjoy the conversations. And that is something that we're going to put a lot of effort into. And Mark, we have some lined up already. Oh, we have some rock stars lined up. If you want interviews with people based in Nottingham, in the know, uh, yeah, we have some great people coming up for you over the next few episodes. So let's just kind of tease a little bit. Some people we've been in contact with, Mark Dennison. Uh, he's a stadium announcer, and he also is a presenter on uh, BBC Nottingham, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and David Jackson of the uh, the local radio box there in Nottingham. Uh, he has uh, been covering Forest, obviously Notts County, Mansfield as well for a number of years. Knows his stuff, so yeah, looking forward to having him on the show. Uh, also on the list of people that we will have on soon, uh, Big West from Atlanta. That guy is out there, and we're waiting to get him on the pod. And also, uh, Kevin Campbell uh, is going to be a guest <laughs> in the future. So. But, yeah, we certainly hope so, but legi- uh, legitimately as well. Uh, yeah, Paul Taylor, formerly of the Nottingham Post, who has a new job now. And so we're going to have him on to talk a little bit about that, how he's continuing to cover Nottingham Forest, and uh, why he made the move, and how it's going to change his reporting. So there's not a man, I don't think, in Nottingham who knows the Reds better maybe than uh, 
uh, Tails does. So it'd be great to get him on the show. All right, Jordan, we're going to pick our player that has stood out the most to us. And it's just real quick. You don't have to get into a whole bio and every stat that he has produced. But yeah. uh, your standout player to this point in the season. I think there's only really one choice for people really in itself for Semedo. I think he's been unreal in midfield. Um, true box-to-box midfielder. Going on some marauding runs and also doing some amazing last-ditch tackling uh, in the defensive end. So, uh yeah, can't think of more than uh, Semedo, really. Mark? Yeah, it's a fair shout. I think there's been a couple... I mean, I, I think Semedo is the right answer. I think there's been a couple of players that are running close. I know Cash had a spotty opening game, but I think Matty Cash has done well subsequently. And um, likewise, Thiago Silva as well. I think also he's put in a couple of sterling performances as well. So but I think, yeah, Semedo has been the standout, which... You know, if you remember, Corey, uh, I think uh, a young man on this podcast, very early doors, had some uh, some stuff to say, didn't he, about Samada? <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you show up late. Yeah, credit to Alpha Samado. He's proved me wrong. Uh, <laughs> his YouTube videos clearly didn't live up to expectation. So I can't wait for another signing that I've said has been fantastic on YouTube to be the complete opposite. So yeah, I'm not scouting for Forrest anytime soon. All right. So we are going to get into the matches here momentarily. And we're also going to profile an individual player that we've recently picked up. But uh, let's talk about the squad. Jordan, do you want to go over who is on the squad right now? I don't think we have long enough in this podcast, lads, to go through this list. <laughs> so, we, I was complaining before, episode one and two, about how ridiculous our squad is now. And it's longer than the CVS receipt you get at the pharmacy store in the US uh, with all these coupons at the end. Can't even fit it on a match day program. That's absolutely true. And some of the funnier tweets this week after the rosters came out, I believe it was for Leeds. And it showed, I mean, from top to bottom, we had 45 players or something on our side. And then everybody was tweeting out the triple extension buses it took to get the players to the stadium. And it was pretty funny. Yeah, the best bit about that program was it missed four players off. (laughs) Yeah, you better hope Forrest don't win the championship because there's not a bus big enough to do an open top bus parade. (laughs) They can leave half a dozen of them. There's not enough metal metal in the world to give the medals either. Like, it's ridiculous. (laughs) All right, Jordan, do you have the roster to break down? You want want to just read off the names and positions? Okay, from the top, number one, Costel Pantelimon, Jordan Smith, Bryce Samba, Ari Mirich. We've got Yuri Ribeiro, Tobias Figueiredo, Joe Worrell, Alexander Milosevic, Carl Jenkinson, Jack Robinson, Michael Dawson, Tendai Dirikwe, Johan Benelwan, Shema Rodriguez, Michael Heffler, Jaden Richardson, Adlin Guediora, Ben Watson, Jao Carvalho, Matty Cash, John Bostock, Alpha Samedo, Sami Amiobi, Sam Basal, Ryan Yates, Joe Lolly, Claudio Jakob, Liam, Brink- Liam Brigkert, Thiago Silva, Albert Adoma, Gaboli Ariibi, Lewis Graben, Daryl Murphy, Raphael Murr, Jason Cummings, Zach Clough, Arbin Apaya. <sighs> We didn't start the fire. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that was really great. So thank you for that. And um, so we're not keeping all these people on the bus all season, are we? Oh, no, we must be. I mean, the loan window is still open. Uh, In fact, the continental window, the continental transfer window is still open. So if, if there's any obscure Serbian or Cypriot teams out there looking for a man who's more tattoo than man, yeah, do we have a player for you in Jason Cummings? First person off of that list that's leaving, I say it's Pentilamon. Adling Guadiora. Yeah. I okay. think Guadiora yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. We have 18 goalies on that list, though. Yeah. 
And I forgot Brennan Johnson as well because he's on the youth team list on the website. Yeah, there you go. that's right. Yeah, he is. We're going to profile a player. And this was your original player from the first episode, I believe, that you were going to do. And now you're actually going to do him. Let's talk about yeah, your player. I pulled a, I pulled a UE, didn't I? I went with Mir in the end because he was a hot property. He just arrived at the city ground. And so I wanted to cover him while he was fresh. But uh, yes, we're going to go back to Mirich, one of the goalkeepers, the aforementioned goalkeepers from Manchester City, obviously on loan at the city ground 20 years old which uh well that might explain some of the mistakes we've seen already this season but we'll come on to that when we do our match reviews here in a moment i think the most interesting thing about mirich is he's kind of confused individual when it comes down to where exactly it is he's from so he was actually born in switzerland of albanian parents he holds kosovan montenegrin and swiss passports and I believe he represented the Montenegrin team at the U21 level. But right now, he's thrown his hand in with the Kosovan national team. So, yeah, this lad's all over the place. Um, interesting. But anyway, uh, youth career consisted of a short stint with Juve, followed up by uh, some time in Switzerland with both Zurich and Grasshoppers. Obviously went to City um, most recently, 2015, signed a three-year contract in 2017, which means he's actually on the last year of a city contract right now, which makes the loan out to Forrest really all that more interesting. Uh, you have to imagine that he is properly, not only is he, in the, is he in the shop window, but he's properly out there right now proving himself to the city hierarchy, I would imagine, in hopes of getting an extension to that contract. So uh, he seems to be the number one here at Forest, and that is your lad Murich. You still feel he's the number one? No, I just said he is the number one. I didn't say I felt like he was the number one. <laughs> um, we'll, get, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jordan, who you got? Yeah, so I've got uh, a really special player here, actually. As uh, you know, I've mentioned before, I'm from Toronto. We now have five players that have played for Toronto FC and Nottingham Forest. So joining the esteemed list of Robbie Finley, Damian Paquise, uh, Jimmy Brennan and Robbie Earnshaw, we now have John Bostock who's joined us. Um, and I think the biggest stat here is he seems like he's been around forever, but he's still only 27. So the uh, London-born centre midfielder who made his debut today for Forest uh, in the Fleetwood game has joined us on loan from Toulouse for the rest of the season. Interesting stat. Uh, he kind of was one of the youngest uh, ever players for Palace when he came on, aged 15 years uh, in 2007. Guess who he came on for, lads, as a substitute for? Oh, oh, I know this one. Uh, he came on for Ben Watson. He did. He did. Super Have Benny it. Watson. Get he in there. All the way. Yeah. So uh, nice little Forest connection there with the start of uh, John Bostock's career. Uh, it's fair to say since that uh, early shining light, his career hasn't particularly gone to plan with kind of the same number of clubs he's been out on loan as actually clubs he's played for as a full-time member of staff. And we're hoping he can do a job for us uh, whilst he's here at Forest. Yeah, it is mental. He's 27 years old. He's had 13 clubs already. Yeah, I mean, wow. he makes he makes Steve, Steve Claridge look like he's settled. Uh, but he is a quality player. He started out, uh, as you mentioned, at Palace and then spent some time at Tottenham. And I think they were hoping for big things. And he was, I think, troubling as well the fringes of the England youth setup. And I think he is a decent player. I'm, I'm excited at uh, the experience he has. I think he, he's... He was a needed player. We needed somebody in midfield with a little bit more experience. Uh, we have some quality in there. We have some real technical players in there. But bringing in someone like Bostock, who's no nonsense, uh, knows how to control a game and the pace of a game, I think is is going to be a real uh, uh, boon 
for the Reds. All right, so I'll jump in. I took Alpha Semedo, and boy, has he had a great season. He's on loan for Benefica, and uh, I I think he's our most valuable player to this point. I, if you look at the stats that he's done so far, this is just for the first two matches. This is West Brom and Leeds. 186 minutes played, 82% pass success, 77% dribble success, 14 interceptions, 19 defensive duels won, two fouls committed. He's aggressive. He was all over the place. He did save the Leeds game for us, if you ask me so I, I i think this guy is going to be our all-star this year he's just all over the place yeah he's an interesting one i don't think i've seen a player quite like him at the city ground well maybe ever but certainly for quite some time but in terms of his importance to the team his unexpected importance to the team he reminds me of a player like 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 a carlton palmer or a scott gemmel you know not really flashy but a linchpin, a really important piece of the uh, of the uh, certainly the midfield unit, but a, a player who kind of has cohesive properties, who kind of binds everything together, and again, quite unexpected. So, yeah, excited to have him. Jordan, why was he catching? so much angst on social media. Yeah, so I think that the, the main piece for this is a few of the videos we saw from his Espanol loan spell um, earlier in, in, in 2019. It was fair to say his passes were, were slightly wayward um, over the uh, his spell there. Um, and there's a bit of a mockery video out there on uh, on Semedo. Um, but since he's come into the forum, he's really been quite a stand-up guy and uh, a bit, you know, done a real, really good job for us. So proving his critics wrong and uh, long may it continue. I think he's been an excellent actor. Yeah, for an alpha, he has a better than expected engine and hasn't broken down yet. So fair play. So at the rate we're doing podcasts right now, we will not be able to highlight all of the players that we've picked up this year. So we'll roll it into our season two uh, in 2020. <laughs> um if they're still on the team. So anyways, all right, let's go way back now and start off with the West Brom game. Uh, we're not going to go too in-depth on these, but there are some definite things that stuck out on all the matches that we've played so far. West Brom, I'm just going to ask it off the top. Was it the keeper's fault that we lost? So, uh, yeah, let me give you the quick rundown of the, the starting lineup there as well, because obviously you mentioned Murich in goal, and we'll come back to his escapades here in just a moment. Uh, Matty Cash in a right back, which we all predicted would happen, and none of us were particularly excited about it. Not because Cash is a horrible right back, but because he's a better midfielder. Worrell and Dawson in the middle, uh, centre-back partnership. That'd be interesting to talk about, because uh, Jordan and I predicted one and t'other, but mm-hmm. not the pair. Yeah. Robinson, left back, uh, the aforementioned Semedo in midfield alongside Watson and um, Silva with Lolly, Adoma and Graben forming our front three. A strong starting 11, a couple of noticeable omissions, but let's, um, I guess, turn our attentions to Mirich, given that he was the man of the hour. I think your question, Corey, was, was he at fault? I, I think Americans like to use the terminology, duh, <laughs> uh, yes he was he was culpable for both yeah. of the goals uh, certainly the first one hands down and quite literally hands down uh, they just weren't strong enough and then the second one I, I saw people there seemed to be split opinion on whether or not he was culpable he was abso- absolutely culpable uh, his footwork was atrocious and uh, his hands weren't much better you stretch for a ball that you think you're going to reach and then you decide what at the last moment you're probably not going to. It's going over the bar. You needn't touch it. So you pull your hands away. That's mental. Give the corner. Put your hands up. Give away the corner. I do not understand the thinking there. But again, I don't want to lay into the guy. He's 20 years old. I mean, 
general wisdom suggests that goalkeepers don't get good till they're 28, 29, 30. So, you know, only the real rock stars um, are pulling out worldly performances at 24, 25, 26. So you've got to give this kid a break. We know why he's at the city ground. He's there to gain some experience. Unfortunately, we saw the lack of it in that match. Yeah, I'm yet to hit my goalkeeper's prime right now as well, lads. So uh, I think uh, we'll we'll give him some element of leeway as he as he goes through. But I think baptism of fire was 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 really evident for him, uh, game one, and we'll kind of touch on Leeds as well as we uh, after this. But tough start, tough start. It was a tough start. We didn't have much direction. Can you can you elaborate on this, Jordan? I didn't even understand what we were trying to do offensively in that match. So I think that's the the really interesting piece. The first 10 minutes, I thought, give us the league title now. We were on fire. We were unbelievable. Like we couldn't couldn't do anything wrong in the first 10 minutes. I think that's the most frustrating bit about that game. And uh, I think once then West Brom figured out a little bit of... uh, of how we they were kind of lining up against us, we really didn't know how we were going to break into that final third for the rest of the game, and it became a bit of a stalemate. Um, I think the the second half of that game, half of us in Toronto were falling asleep, um, given the, uh, the, the the beverages we were having at our new bar. But yeah, really turgid second half. It showed a bit of preseason rustiness for sure. For sure, yeah, I think also you have to say West Brom are streetwise. They've got a very mature roster, and not only do we have uh, a very inexperienced roster, but we have a lot of new players as we've already touched upon. So, you know, that's going to take some time. And I think West Brom did a really good job of showing us what a streetwise team looks like, led by a streetwise manager. I mean, Slavin Bilic has been around the block and it's been around the block in England for quite some time now. Uh, we mentioned preseason Lamushi and his, you know, does he have the chops to do this? And we don't know. Jury's still out on that one, but we were concerned about his tactical nous and his ability to motivate the players. People going on Twitter and losing their minds and getting mental after 90 minutes of football. Yeah. Give me a break. Come on, let's leave that that nonsense for the Derby fans. Let's give these guys yeah. a break. Let's give them a chance to find their stride. There's quality there on the roster. And we think this manager knows what's, you know, what's what. Let's give an opportunity to demonstrate it. Yeah, couldn't agree more. There's uh, 44 games left. Michael Heffer, the number of games left. There's a long way to go in this season. So uh, let's not forget that. Yeah, but we, we need to start to see some glimpses and uh, and see what this uh, team's about. Yeah, uh, honestly, after Matty Cash hit that uh, shot from outside the box, uh, I could hear the song in my head. We're moving up, right? We're going up. This <laughs> what is a it. beauty. What a beauty as it well. It was such a good strike too. And yeah. so after that, it was just like everything fizzled and it just got weird. I felt it got really weird. The rest, And then that stupid goal goes in over his head and all I could remember is Jordan Pickford pulling his hands back in the Premier League last year and it goes in. You always try and keep it as far away from the goal, knock it out with a fist, do something. I just yeah. don't see Mirich being a very aggressive goalkeeper. Yeah, he does have elements of deer in the headlights. There's no doubt about that. But And you have to wonder what's going on with Pantelimon as well. He and uh, Lamushi do not seem to be on each other's Christmas card lists right now. Um, it's interesting they brought in Bryce Samba, who's a quality goalkeeper again. And you have to wonder how much longer Pantelimon will be a Forest player. Not much, I wouldn't imagine. So your, your shout for that, Corey, could be a good one. All right, second match, Leeds. I just felt that could that that could have been a great great win for us. We had a lot of chances. Yeah, so it's uh, an, another interesting game as we as we look back at it. Um, you know, firstly, 
uh, we've covered off the program, which was quite a funny start to the game as we uh, as we read the back of that. Um, and I think you know the first thirty minutes was the complete opposite to the start of the West Brom game. Oh yeah, uh, looked like superstars. Uh, we were in the trenches. We were battling. Uh, we lacked a bit of pace in midfield. Leeds's uh, wide players were doubling up on our full backs. Seemed to have a hell of a lot of space out wide. Um, given the kind of front two wide players for us were were higher up the pitch with the narrow midfield was and we were really really struggling. Um, Merich again looked a bit nervy. Uh, didn't know if he was coming back or forth at corners at times. I remember the the one in the first half that kind of just whizzed through the box. Um, and uh, we had uh, a murder in the middle of the pitch when uh, Calvin Phillips went through Thiago <laughs> and gave him a bit of an introduction to British football. Um, so it was a bit of a war to start the uh, to start the game off, um, but then the kind of inevitable happened where where Leeds kind of got a, a really nice goal early in the second half uh, with Pablo Hernandez being fed through the channel and uh, and slotted it in the corner, and then it, it looked like that was the way it was going to go for us. Really, a, a tough afternoon it looked like we were getting outplayed by Leeds. The game was running away from us, and and they looked fantastic this season. I think they've improved on on how they looked last year, and even though it's very early in the season in game two. Uh, I think they must be favourite for, for promotion uh, out of the league so far. And then the FIFA glitch happened. So a uh, bit of a meh knock, a grab and chest, a bobble, a miss from Bamford and the ball rolls into the back of the net and uh, the game's 1-1. So robbed an equaliser and that really kick-started a, a quite frantic final 10 minutes uh, and really exciting end to the game. The substitutions really, really helped us. So I think Sal coming on, uh, as well as Amiobi, looked really, really good. Amiobi with his Messi-esque Mo Salah run um, that's been uh, all over social media all week since he did that. Yeah, despite us not kind of being able to keep possession and a few players, you know, not really playing as well as they could do. I think Robinson and Lolly are two that, that stick out for me. We got away with one. Yeah, we stole a point for sure. I want to go back to the first half. It felt so weird to me watching one of the opening kicks go straight out of bounds. We had a throw in <laughs> that was straight out of bounds. We had downfield passes straight out of bounds. It was just like these major momentum killers. I, I don't know what the deal is with that. I don't know if that's tactical, if it's a Lamushi. The thing yeah. that he likes to do is slow down play, but uh, we were throwing the ball and giving up possession so much in the first half. Yeah, and I think it looked like one of those Semedo YouTube videos I saw earlier this season yeah. where no, we couldn't play a pass, we couldn't keep possession, and then, you know, Semedo was actually the one that probably had the most inspiring play of the first half with that amazing last-ditch tackle to, to save us going 2-0 down. One of my favorite things on social media this week was from a, a young lad called Jordan uh, I think he's 27 years old, <laughs> rather sickeningly. And uh, yeah, your reference to the FIFA glitch. <laughs> I love that. That is exactly what that goal reminded me of. It just seemed to trickle over the line. And I was very buoyed by Bamford's response to it as well, because obviously former Red, not happy that he left the city ground. And I would have liked to have seen him in a red shirt for a number of years. Uh, he went off chasing the money. And uh, yeah, so seeing his response, uh, very gratifying. Amiobi did look good when he came on. Uh, his Maisie run reminded me of a few of the Maisie runs I've produced down the years. Uh, usually my Maisie runs are after about eight and nine pints. 
<laughs> and I think just to, to kind of cap off that Leeds game as well, shout out to those on the West Coast that watched the game. Uh, it was a 7.30 oh. start for us on the East Coast. 4.30 for those guys and seeing that first 30 minutes must have been a rough affair for them. I don't yes. think they knew what they were doing up at that time. They were like, what? Why are we here? What <laughs> What if the boys in Hawaii were watching that? What time would it have been for them? Oh, have, the, the day morning. before. Yeah. <laughs> They'd have been just coming in drunk and think, oh yeah, this is good. Actually, I'm going to blame the boys from Hawaii. If they were watching it the day before, they could have given a heads, <laughs> us a heads up it wasn't worth watching. No, look, the boys from Hawaii were out and it was 2 a.m. or 1 a.m., whatever it was, and they were yeah. loving it because they were like, oh, we look great. They were yeah. here. <laughs> they were just finishing up their session at Waikiki Brewery. <laughs> yes. Uh, last thing on the Leeds match, excellent yellow card by Jack Robinson. That was a, that was a game saver. <laughs> Speaking of yellow as well. How terrible was that Leeds goalie kit? It like started oh. off blue and then like merged into yellow and it was like a like a weird sweet that you get in one of those like tampastic wrapper type things. <laughs> it was disgusting and we, we blamed some of the forest kits, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And that one from Kappa is dire. I'm going to say fair play to that goalkeeper and that kit because in the bad old days, it used to be that the outfield shirts were very boring. They typically were one color and you had to rely on your goalkeeper shirt to be out <laughs> freaking rageous I mean literally goalkeeper shirts in the 70s and 80s they look like they were designed by a four-year-old with a crayon <laughs> and any more goalkeeper shirts are very boring and the outfield shirts are the ones that you know turn both eyes and stomachs yeah. so uh, yeah fair play to the Leeds goalkeeper do you guys see the comments from Danny Mills Oh, gosh, what do they have to say now? So former Leeds player, Danny Mills, uh, he was calling for the red card on Phillips and said it was bad for the ref because he wasn't calling it because there was no injury. Uh, he said it was blatantly reckless and dangerous. So kind of interesting there. Well, if anyone knows what a red card looks like, it's Danny Mills. <laughs> <laughs> valid, valid. It's Corey laughing like he knows the joke, right? Yeah. Danny Mills was a referee, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, you're so snarky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. All right, social media questions. We put this out on Twitter, and we want to engage more of the people that are listening to us. Also, we want you to give us five-star ratings. So uh, we want to shout out your social media handles and kind of talk about what you guys are talking about. And you guys have questions for the team here. Uh, the first one. Andrew Cove. Everybody knows Andrew, right? Yeah. And uh, just on Andrew, awesome article on the uh, NFFCNA website about supporting Forest uh, 4,000 miles away. Really encourage people to take a read of that on the uh, the blog section of the website. Is he the nicest person, probably Forest fan in America? Yeah. Lovely bloke. Met him for the first time properly in uh, Chicago at the uh, meetup in April. Me and him hung out most of the afternoon and uh, yeah, really, really uh, got to know him very well. Awesome, awesome bloke. And uh, yeah, I, I now know him as uh, Andrew Roth and Tyler's dad. That's awesome. And you got hammered and sang uh, Mulligan Tire a lot. Um, <laughs> so his question, uh, guys, Mark, we'll start with you on this. Uh, the new owners have made huge strides repairing the reputation of the club off the field and in the local Nottingham community especially, how much grace do you realistically think that buys them with the majority of supporters to get it right on the field? Yeah, I like that question. I remember reading it online and thinking that was a cracker. You know, I think 
obviously we're not in Nottingham, so I think for the local community, it it buys a significant amount of grace, and and it should do. I mean, I like what the owners are doing, both for the club and also for the profile of the club within the community. Nottingham Forest should be doing things for the city of Nottingham, so delighted to see that. I don't know that it buys them as much grace for schmoes like us further afield, because I don't think we necessarily see the immediate benefit of that. It's not in our face, and so it's something that you know can easily be kind of waylaid. And as much grace as it may or may not buy the owners, it won't buy the manager any. You know, that's typically where fans' eye go. It goes toward the manager, right? If we're, you know, three games without a win, it's Lamucci out. So, but I'm delighted to see that the owners are doing these things in the, in the Nottingham community and uh, long may it continue. What do you think, Jordan? Yeah, I think, you know, Mark hits the strike some of the right chords there. Um, I think it, it does buy them sometime for sure. Um, I think there was some kind of long-lasting damage of previous regimes that that needed to be repaired, and I think they've made it, made great strides at, at looking to address that. I think there's been the you know the odd decision that may not you know fans may not have agreed with and other pieces as we go through, and you know there is there have been some kind of key figures that may have left the club as well at the same time through this process. But you know I like the fact that they're looking to build a club that represents the community a lot more than you know previous ownership. I think it's it's one of those that I think will test the patience of Forest fans when we naturally have had this cycle of very short-term patience and uh, we've been through this cycle of you know manager after manager after manager. And I, I, and I think Mark's right where I think that the manager patience wears thinner than the ownership patience. You know, big projects like the new stadium and other things, I think does give ownership uh, a, a lot of time um, because people want to see the outcome of that. And I think that kind of time way and uh, that leeway um, and, and path forward uh, gives them some time for sure. Not because they won the Campionas Cup tonight, but Atlanta United is a great example of being patient. I think all of us didn't want anything to do with Frank DeBoer when he started off this year, <laughs> right? It was awful to watch. It didn't make yeah. any sense. And now over the past like five matches, I'm telling you, Atlanta United is coming out and killing it they're the most dangerous team in the mls right now and toronto sucks i just gotta get that out there um i'm, I'm still not sure i want much to do with DeBoer after his recent comments about uh that's not cool i agree yeah about the uh gender pay difference so anyway t- typical dutchman it, Sorry it is. To any of the dutch listeners but no no, no it, <laughs> it, it, go on strike like van hoydonk saying don't worry that's very fair to say that and i thought he was out of line for saying that as well and i don't know if you watched the cup tonight it was outstanding and the um refs were all female and they were fantastic so there's quality yeah it was it was really really cool um so when you talk about giving people time is it going to buy time i don't think it buys a coach time at all i think the results have to happen because the easiest way to shift the focus of whose fault is it is just go ahead and fire the coach get a new coach in and you don't get to the real root of the problem. They're not buying the right players. It's not the right people that are running the team. It's the, the coach is always the first to fall. I don't know of another job in the world that has a shorter duration of you're actually hired and fired than a, a coach in soccer. I just don't. Yeah. Um, so uh, our next social media question was Hassan the Red. And I like this one. This is actually kind of bleeds into what we were just talking about. How would you compare the quality of MLS versus championship? Yeah, so really fantastic question. And Hassan is a fellow Canadian, um, lives just outside of Toronto, um, and he's hoping to come to a Toronto Trickies uh, kind of meetup sometime soon. So uh, shout out to Hassan. Yeah, I th- this is one where a lot of my mates have asked me that. I'm a season ticket holder at Toronto FC over here. 
And I think that the kind of level varies. So the way I describe it is you typically have three, four players on each team that could probably play in the Premier League still um, and would make most teams. Uh, and then you have players that, you know, would probably be struggling to get in some League One teams. But that is a continuously evolving and improving section of players. So, you know, when I first joined, I think you'd struggle to get in Notts County's League Two team. And it's getting to League One. There's some good players that maybe might make championship teams. And I think it's it's an evolution over time where I think there's a, a, a bigger range in quality within the squads. And I think there are some players that would walk into any championship team on, on most teams, but there's a lot that wouldn't. Um, and I think that that kind of average out means I would probably say it's a, a League One champion, lower championship kind of level standard amongst the teams. Yeah, yeah. The simple answer to this question is, uh, you know, when you look at one of the best players in the MLS uh, moving to England, he's moving to a championship team, Wayne Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> so he underscores the point for us. But in all seriousness, Rooney, Ibrahimovic, uh, Jordan Morris at Seattle Sounders, who's an absolute stud. There are a number of players. I think if you're looking, though, um, at averaging out, I think you, you. I think it's fair to say that the MLS is comparable to the championship, generally speaking, in the same way that the USL is comparable to uh, League One, I think. Um, and some of those teams would be more like a, a League Two uh, level team here uh, or there in England. And yes, I already have my down payment on the Austin FC MLS team for my season ticket in 2021. And uh, Corey, you'll be happy, you're excited to hear this. Atlanta currently hold the record for the highest pre-sale tickets for uh, an opening season uh, in the MLS. And Austin have just smashed that record. Get in, you greens. That's and Austin awesome. also have a tree as their logo. So it's destiny. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that a lot. Where yep. Portland Timbers were the other green team, but they kind of had some element of trees in their name. But uh, if Austin are going for the tree, then uh, they might be the, the, the team that kind of we adopt as NFFCNA um, to, to kind of cover off. Um, but yeah, just to your point on some players that have moved, you know, you've got Almiron who left from uh, Atlanta, now playing in Newcastle fairly regular in their team in the Premier League doing bits for them to be fair um, so you know that just re-emphasizes the point where there are some players that would walk into any championship team Almiron I got to see him play in person several times I took my daughter to the opening game last year and yeah. he, he scored a couple amazing goals and he was by far the fastest person on the pitch every game he played and a lot of people say he's faster with the ball than without the ball uh, nobody, nobody can stay with him. I, I, I'm really watching Newcastle to see how they try and figure him out, but he is the most dominant player that I've seen in person just based on speed and being able to control the ball. But you've got one of those guys on practically every MLS team that could move up and have that opportunity. Uh, Carlos Vela over at LAFC is pretty outrageous, um, but I, I think he's spot on on this. I think it is an equivalent to the championship MLS is because you have a lot of young talent that comes in from Venezuela and all these areas that are trying to move up and get noticed when they're not getting noticed in South America. So I, I think it's a great question. And I think it's, it's pretty much the same there. Most of the games are very exciting. There's a lot of goals and uh, there's a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And it's ever evolving too. Like if I look at, you know, having moved to Canada three years ago, uh, just over even in that three years it's drastically changed so uh yeah so okay uh our last uh, social media question for this episode is uh jake burns uh his twitter handle is kind of interesting i don't know if he was on the wire or if he really <laughs> likes the wire but it's the 
Wire season four. I don't even get that. So I guess the Wire season three, two, and one were not available. So he went with season four. <laughs> what advice would you give to a new fan of Nottingham Forest and also to a new fan of football? I can probably um, answer this pretty accurately. <laughs> yeah, go. You start, Corey, um, and then we'll go. Honestly, you know, just follow what you like, right? I mean, and if it's a couple teams, follow them and just get into it and learn the traditions of the teams and try and try and find a team that kind of speaks to you. I mean, Forrest to me was one of the most outrageous crowds I've ever seen. And I always go back to that Arsenal match at city ground. It just resonated with me. And so from that point, here we are, we're doing a, I'm hosting a podcast with two people that have been Forrest fans for their entire lives. And I don't know how I fit in here, but I think I can speak to Jake on don't let anybody tell you you can't support a team or support a league one team or go like a Bundesliga team too as well if, if it's going to get you watching more football on TV do it yeah I think for, for me um, you know be patient with it I think <laughs> there'll be some really dull nil nil draws but then you get <laughs> rewarded with a 5-5 game like Villa away last season um, and uh, it's one of those things where I think I describe it like watching a Breaking Bad season where the first three or four episodes aren't that great at the start. You're kind of getting your way into it, but then you are hooked. After every single episode, you want a bit more and more. You want next week to come, and you're kind of twiddling your thumbs from Monday to Friday, waiting for the Saturday game to, to come forward. Um, and, and, and probably some advice, particularly for Forrest, I think. One, read up about Clough and just find out about the man. You know, I think people spell Alex Ferguson as a kind of modern era genius. I think he was that for, you know, the the, the late 70s and 80s. And particularly what he uh, achieved at Forest with the two cups is is a definite must kind of learn about. Also, have a look at all the kind of Forza Garibaldi pieces. So, you know, the fantastic uh, terrace um, atmosphere that they develop. The, the banners and murals and, and other things that, that they produce are, are outstanding um, and, and something a bit unique about the club where it's all fan run, it's not plastic, it's not flags and whistles provided on your seats at, but like other um, clubs in the championship and, and, and down the road. Um, that's a really, really positive piece about Forrest. Um, and learn about just other key players we've had, like Kevin Campbell. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Super Kev. Um, Not a lot to add to that other than to say, get the threads. So once you've nailed your colors to a particular mast, go ahead and order yourself a shirt. There is nothing quite like slipping on the shirt of the team that you've decided to adopt. It's like putting on a skin and it transforms you into a member of the tribe. And also, you know, wear wear your threads out and about because it will draw other Forest fans out. It will start conversation and it will start to make you feel like you're a part of this community. The same way that we've embraced Corey. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. I'll tell you this. I agree with Mark on the whole where the threads. We were down at Mark's stomping ground, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and Disney down in Orlando. You have to wear your kit to any of the parks there because once you do, you will see 50 to 100 other kids, guys, ladies, all wearing their kits, and you can really have some fun conversations with other uh, fan bases. I remember a a really great conversation. I had somebody from uh, Crystal Palace. He was wearing his kit and I had, uh, I had this Jersey on right here back behind me. Uh, I had my forest kit on 
And, you know, he's like, how did you get into that? And I told him and uh, I, I knew enough about Palace that I was like, I really like Wilfred Zaha. And so we just really started having a drink together at that really, really cool bar at uh, Hollywood Studios. But but then, you know, you're walking out of the park and here comes another person with a Forest jersey on. And of course, you reds back and forth and you go home and you're kind of on a high. You're like, hell yeah, man. I just saw somebody at Epcot yeah. and, uh, and we made a connection. So it, it totally is it's true. And I, I feel that Forest fans are more into that than a lot of other fan bases. Yeah, just a great example for that as well. That happened to me a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I was just in the elevator in my condo building um, in Toronto wearing my kind of replica 1979 uh, European Cup sh- uh, shirt uh, and this Mexican guy in the elevator goes, "Hey, is that Nottingham Forest?" Oh, that's a terrible accent. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, apologies to our Mexican listeners. Also, yeah. <laughs> uh, one of our new kind of uh, Toronto tricky members um, is now kind of signed up to our WhatsApp group and anything following the conversation. Um, and yeah, we just continue to build the tribe. And uh, you know, Brian Clough was one of the reasons he got into Forest and and, and all that story. So. Um, shout out to Jorge if you're listening and apologies for butchering the uh, the accent but uh, great to have you on board probably a fair bet that there is a Jorge listening so our next yeah. podcast is just going to be Jordan doing impressions of other nationalities <laughs> so. Gosh, you don't you don't want to see my Samba Sal or you're my uh, Alpha Samedos lad that's hilarious and, and he had another question on here this is Jake Burns still and he was asking can you root for more teams or how many teams do you support? Is Forrest the biggest one? That's a, that's a great question. If you root for other teams in the United States, how many sports do we have that people dedicate <laughs> a little bit of their lives to? I'm a huge Cubs fan. I'm yeah. a Saints fan. I went to LSU, so LSU is a big part of my life too. So the division in my head is fine. It really is finding a passionate fan base that you just want to get behind and make make some noise. Yeah, and I think this that's a really good um, topic for us to kind of just uh, outline to some of our British listeners. And I think there's a real big difference in, in sporting culture where in the UK, it's kind of your local team. You never change your team. And once you've got your team, you're you're stuck with it. And, you know, we only really have one major sport, which is football or soccer. And and, and that's, you know, the one thing that you really cherish. Uh, I think when you go over to to North America, um, you know, you, you have so many different sports. They're playing almost every other night. You feel like you do need to support multiple teams. So for me, I, I support the Toronto Maple Leafs at hockey, the Raptors at basketball, NBA champions this year. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, I support Jacksonville Jaguars at, at, at NFL. Um, and there's so many the Toronto Blue Jays baseball. Is there all these teams I support because you get that variety, that pace, and it's not like you have one team that's every week. You've got something every night. And I think when you think about you know Major League Soccer as well, where you know. I support Toronto FC, you support Atlanta, Corey, and, uh, you know, we both support Forest on top of that. I think you, you, you get into that mentality in North America of splitting it out by sport, by division. So I think it's, it's part of North American sports culture. I'm not saying it's better or worse. And actually, I, I think it's okay that you like more than one team because, you know, I, I like that we're growing the game in North America in a new patch. But I also believe that the leagues in the UK are probably the best leagues in the world. So why wouldn't you want to like the best leagues in the world as a as a fan of that sport um and i think the championship is probably the best league in the world just in terms of 
how unpredictable it is, the fan bases, the passion, the lack of kind of almost tourism in that in that league. So yeah, I think it's you know a, a North American piece to 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 support multiple teams, and I think that's great and and fine. And it's the love of the sport that I think comes over it. And you'll know less of a fan of Forest because you have you know other teams. I would say yeah, it's just a bit of a cultural difference there. But um, yeah, that's my kind of learning on it. Uh, you know, moving outside of uh, of the UK bubble. That's good stuff. Hey guys, we kind of skirted right over the Fleetwood match uh, in the Carabao Cup. So tell me uh, what your thoughts were on uh, that amazing Silva goal. Nothing right, we won. Uh, right, I'll, I'll, I'll let I'll let Jordan wax lyrical about that because I know he has already taken a, a shine to Mr. Silva. I'm just going to say two words about the Fleetwood whacked, and that is Derby County. I I, that's, I think that's all we have to say about Fleetwood. Fleetwood whacked one one nil. Bring on the derby. That's great. And you know how I got to watch that match? Oh, please tell me. I couldn't watch it. Somebody in the New York City chapter maybe hit me with a text of somebody that basically showed the entire match via their Twitter feed from behind the goal. So this was their personal phone. (laughs) It was filming the entire game. And it was actually pretty good. The guy should get hired to do videography for i follow but you've just made sure that won't happen again now yeah we've killed our, 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 our yeah. also on just on on videos and and out there in the in the ether just want to give sam jenko a, a bit of a shout out on twitter not sure if people have seen the alternate commentary videos he's been putting together outstandingly funny too explicit i think for the podcast but um you know, big shout out and props for those videos. Really, really funny and really clever. Just to put a, a cherry on the the uh, on the icing on the cake that is the Fleetwood game. Um, lots and lots of debuts, and that is worth mentioning as well. We mentioned earlier that Bryce got run out in goal ahead of Pants. Also, Jenkinson from a new sign from Arsenal. We'll talk about him maybe next week. One of us, I'm sure, will cover him as one of the new players. And the elusive Figueiredo, who just seems to have vanished, but and we all thought was out for injury, uh, which is why he hadn't figured in the league. But no, he showed up for the Carabao. Uh, Ribeiro, Sao, Bostock, who Jordan covered earlier in the pod. Um, and then Silva and Amiobi, Appia and Mir, who between them, I think, have a single starting appearance this season so far. So to have them start was good. And um, didn't see much of the game, but... Uh, I am excited, at least, that those guys got a run out. I think the coach did exactly the right thing there in giving those boys an opportunity to stretch their legs and um, stake their claim for uh, a, starting, a starting spot in the next league, ma- league match. Well, we've got to do some predictions uh, to get to our next podcast. We are part of the whole predictor uh, with the NFFCNA um, website and they put out a predictor league that we are all part of and we have to talk about Birmingham, Charlton and Fulham. Who wants to go first? <laughs> yeah, I can uh, can start with mine. So um, I've gone with uh, a Forest 1-0 win against Birmingham at home on Saturday. Uh, then rapidly uh, backing us to beat Charlton 3-1 away uh, in, in midweek uh, next week uh, and then have a draw 1-1 against Fulham away the, the following Saturday in the lead up to the Derby game. I'll follow that up. Check this out. Jordan and I are thinking very, very similar. Uh, we're going to beat Birmingham 2-1. to one. Charlton, 2 nothing. we will win. And then Fulham, I do have a 1-1 tie. Wow, that's interesting. Well, I don't want to play your game because it's stupid and dumb. Um, <laughs> but, but, um, if I have to... If I, but it's weird, actually, guys, because we I think we share two of the three scores. So 
I've gone a little more downbeat. I have us drawing against Birmingham. I just don't have a good feeling about that game, even though it's at the city ground. So 1-1. Uh, I do have us beating Charlton in London, uh, 2-0 to the Reds, which I think is the same as at least one of you predicted. Yep. And I think we, uh, I think we all uh, nailed on for a 1-1 at Craven Cottage against Fulham. So there you have it, lads. It's going to be a 5-0 Fulham win. <laughs> <laughs> That's Either really that good. a 5-0 Fulham defeat. <laughs> all that, all that, yeah. All right, so we're going to send Jordan back to the train hospitality suite and he can finish off a couple more uh, drinks. Uh, I appreciate Jordan uh, taking the huge train ride into the studio tonight and uh, finally getting to us. This was awesome. And uh, Mark, <laughs> Congratulations on your move to Austin. Can't wait to see uh, see how that works out for you over there. And uh, for sure, looking forward to uh, coming support Atlanta up there with your new team. What is their name? It's the Austin what? Just Austin FC. They don't have a, a silly American name. They, oh, really? Yeah, All right. They went old school. And I, I like that. I like that. And yeah, their badge is a tree, which is just magnificent. It made me smile when I saw it. I'm not really a fan of green. But um, their colors are green, white, and black. So I'm hoping that at least one of the shirts is a white or black shirt. Uh, I'm going to yeah. struggle to buy a green shirt. But uh, I am genuinely excited. The, the, um, the, the drawings of the new stadium look magnificent. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they've broken all records for pre-sale tickets, uh, season tickets in the MLS. Uh, and there's a real hunger right now in Austin for football. The USL team's doing really well. They have a women's team here doing really well. Uh, the MASL. Uh, two, we'll have a team here in Austin from this coming season. The El Paso team is moving to Austin, which means we'll have some indoor professional football as well. So, um, sorry to our American listeners, anyone listening, hopefully can translate football to soccer. Um, so there will be more football in Austin than in the city's history ever. Hopefully doing some writing around it. I don't think I ever mentioned I do some football writing. We'll cover that in another pod. And I also do some commentary as well, or have done in the past. And I'm hoping maybe to hitch my wagon to one of those teams as well and do a little bit in that regard as well. So yeah, exciting times. So Jordan, what he's telling us right now is that uh, we'll probably lose Mark in the next transfer window. He'll be working <laughs> with the Austin MLS team. It's just going to be me and you and maybe Big Wes. Right. You know, Corey, nobody ever leaves the Forest roster. I'll just go out on loan. That's right. <laughs> yeah, players that uh, Corey has never known but have been with us for five years. Um, and then just uh, one final thing before we wrap up with a bit of a, a North America update. Um, membership packs are in the post and uh, are out there. Um, had some really, really great feedback on, on social media for those that have received it. Um, the pin badge, stickers, etc. Um, for those in Canada, uh, you will be getting yours in a couple of weeks. Um, we're going to divert the uh, the border and uh, duty issues uh, with my trip to New York uh, in a couple of weeks to collect those, and then I'll post them when back in Canada. Um, so thank you for your patience. Shout out to, to Dan White in New York for um, pa- uh, posting all of these and packaging them up, um, waiting in line on his lunch break and spending 45 minutes to produce uh, uh, a big, long receipt with all 40-odd uh, packages sent out. So uh, props to Dan for, for pulling that through. Um, new website is now live. The link is in the uh, emails to members, uh, as well as then the um, uh, social media platforms as well that, that we have. 
Um, survey results as well came out for members uh, this uh, this week, which kind of covered off the the meetup, general merchandise ideas, and other pieces. Um, I'm going to add in a beer koozie based on our discussion earlier, Mark, for for some merchandise for us to to think <laughs> about where we can kind of put our bottles of beers by the pool in, um, which will be awesome. Um, competition we've covered. Uh, player ratings. So Alpha Samedo is leading our player weight, uh, ratings so far, um, closely followed by uh, Amiobi and Matty Cash in terms of the top three players for us in North America. A manager rating currently 5.75 for Sabri Lamushi. Um, so we'll see how that goes in the next coming weeks. All right. I got a, I got a request on the koozie thing. Okay. So uh, there's a company here that has put out some promotional koozies and they're not for cans. They're actually pint glass koozies so yeah you need to do the pint glass koozies those will get used the other koozies never get used anymore yeah we can use the pint ones when we go back to the uk as well we're in the bar and uh, help spread the word and a bit of brand profile as well so um yeah great idea and uh you know we're we're pulling all those survey results together um to come up with the with the next steps and, and look out for updates Corey, i gotta ask you quickly how do you like your membership pack yeah, it's supposed to be really, really great. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And it's not here yet. Yeah, uh, thanks, guys. Thanks. I mean, we produce this podcast for you, and that's all the love you can show us. It's in the U. I'd blame the U.S. Postal Service. It can get to Hawaii quicker than it ca- can get to Denver or Florida. But rest assured, it's a, it's on its way, and we uh, we have the hundred and eighty dollar bill uh, in postage to uh, to show for it. <laughs> if it's if it's on the way to Denver, that's my problem. <laughs> oh shit! Great. If it's on the way to Florida, you don't ever know if your mail's getting here. It's the Wild West down here, boys. Good stuff. Okay, so hey, this episode is brought to you by Boot Bags. Don't forget, it, it will hold your cleats and at least a 12-pack of beer. <laughs> I like that. I, I sort of feel like we're maybe we're just skirting around the edges here of, of, of advertising legitimacy. But it is. It is an awesome. Uh, we, we have a photo of one of the boot bags on our Twitter account, Forest Fancast, and definitely hit us up on at Forest Fancast. We're on Twitter and Instagram and MySpace. And Corey, what kind of ratings do we like? We don't mind any comment that you put. You can hate us. You can (laughs) think we're average or you could actually like us, but just give us a five-star rating. If it's a terrible, we're going to read your horrible review of the podcast no matter what, but just give us five stars because it's just cool. Nobody wants to see a one. Five is the best. Yeah, and what we also want to see is, you know, in your comments, let's give Corey a challenge on other football players that have played for Forest. <laughs> um, so the uh, that's the challenge for the next episode. Those of you that in the comments and reviews put the best player in there in terms of rogueness um, for Corey's benefit as part of his ongoing education about Forest. I really uh, like this. We'll have to do a bit of a shout out to that. I think it's a great idea. You guys have a good night and uh, we will see you guys on the next Forest Fancast. Jordan, Mark, see ya. Super, super cat. Super, super cat.